This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. You watch the tape. You see Joe Burrow. He looked like he was having fun out there. He looked like the old Joe Burrow. We talked about it on Sunday's podcast after the game, going back to Louisiana. But when you were able to sit back and see what number nine did, what did you think of his performance on Sunday? Awesome. Still, like his first A, A- minus of the season. Still not an A+, plus, but um, or an A, really. I think it was. I think I'm sticking with A-, minus, but really good. And I think Zach Taylor did more to help him this week than he has in the past couple of weeks. They finally kind of hitting the stuff. This is what you like. So we're going to do more of this, or you like this. Let's toss that in there. I don't know. There's a few concepts that they ran this week that I, either the saints weren't prepared for or Burrow likes them more because they were hitting a lot better. And he wasn't just getting to the check down quickly. Cause he's like, I don't like that. It just throws a check down or ends up trying to hold onto it and takes a sack. Also had those magic moments of the scramble and the extended play. When I watched the dots, by the way, on that scramble play, I thought Tyler Boyd just stood there and waited. Now he just gets decked and he hits the ground. <laughs> so the dot doesn't move. And then he gets up. He's like, we're still going. <laughs> he gets up, Burrow throws it to him. They pick up the first down. So there's a lot to like about what he was able to do. I don't think it was just all short stuff either. Um, I don't think his average depth of target was giant, but he took calculated shots and he also attacked them the intermediate areas a little bit. I feel like Honey Badger probably has nightmares about Jamar Chase. Um, he goes to another team and then it happens again. I posted a photo from uh, Carol over at the Cincinnati Enquirer and I didn't even realize it was Honey Badger grabbing his feet and he totally missed Jamar. It was going to be the uh, go-ahead touchdown. And you think about the wide receiver room. I heard Jamar Chase after the game. He's mic'd up, and you can see that content over on Bengals social media, and it's pretty good, and he's confident, um, you know, just happy to get back on the other side because a lot of people were questioning, oh, they figured out Joe Burrow. They figured out Jamar Chase. He's not the same guy. Justin Jefferson's better. T. Higgins is your wide receiver number one. No, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are both great. And Jamar was told when he was doing his interview, I want to say it was either with Dan Horde or Dave Lapham in the post game. And he was told the other stats for Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. And he's like, what was that? What did they have when it comes to catches? And just so happy that they're able to get the ball to all the playmakers out there. I mean, we see Hayden Hurst make one grab that could have been an interception and he pulls it down and gets a couple extra yards from that. Tyler Boyd, T Higgins being a part of this offense out there. T Higgins gets out of the game. Uh, Zach Taylor said healthy, um, as healthy as he could be with his lingering ankle issue. What did you think about the movement with wide receivers? Obviously the number show Jamar Chase had a great homecoming too. Yeah. Chase was awesome. And that's the guy I really think um, Taylor was using too creatively last week in the backfield, running a hundred screens, all these other things that weren't working. And then this week it felt more like, okay, we're going to get him on stuff that he's on the move underneath these drags, shallow crosses, sometimes an over route. Um, they put him in the slot a lot this week, which is something people have been clamoring for. Um, it felt like more that he was almost the movement type and they're going to move him around and put him in different spots, still play outside plenty because that is where he's best. I, he's not a slot receiver. That's just to get him a few extra targets and get him on the move at his best. He's still outside running vertical, just like he was able to do and threaten vertical and then curl around and catch that game winner. And he almost had another touchdown. He had another touchdown on a vertical route. I think that was 
yeah, that was from the outside. And then he almost had a third, his th almost third touchdown that Burrow ends up running in a couple plays later was another go route from the outside. So that's where he's still at his best. Honestly, you think of what you're going to face in the Falcons, and we'll get to that later. All the matchup, they can run the ball. That's a little terrifying for a time beat up defense right now. Defensive line, defensive ta nose tackle, you're dealing with that injury. Don't know if DJ Reader is going to be back for the Cleveland game, but this is what you have and maybe it's because of last year in the playoff run in last season early on in this season I trust Lou I trust these guys but we have to back it up just a little bit there is a lot of criticism about safety Jesse Bates People are ready to just say, move on. It's over. After the whole offseason, I heard, extend baits, extend baits. Move on. Move on. Let's put Dax Hill out there. Let's do this. He's not playing. What's going on with Jesse Bates? Tell him the truth right now. It is so much like a relationship gone sour where you are now going, we never liked you anyway type thing. Or look at this new one. That's so much better. I, to me, Jesse Bates is still the best, safe, best safety on the team maybe uh, but i will say even if you, you don't you agree were with that, guessing that <laughs> i i think i'm gonna get backlash because von bell's had some really good games but i think if i was gonna say who's the best safety on the team i still say jesse bates mm -hmm. so i think he's the best option for them at that spot i don't think dax hill coming in is going to be better i think dax hill had a great play at the end of the game on a very obvious passing play where he gets to play 30 yards back and gets to run run sideline to sideline, but it's still a really, really good play. It shows athleticism. I don't want to diminish it too much, but you also have to take in like, that's not really him having to read run pass and fill the lane or, you know, a lot of that stuff. They knew what was happening and he didn't have to get over top at 20 yards. He had to get over top at like 45 yards. And he was already back there. Anyway, I think Jesse Bates is still the better option between him and Dax Hill. To me, he's still the best safety on the team. I think what he's able to do over the top, he's rangy himself. It's like we're forgetting that this guy in 2019, 2020, was like the most rangy safety in the league. And then last year, he has not the greatest season. This year, I agree with what Lou Anarumo said. He's played good, not great, not all pro, good, and he hasn't been tested much. That's really what it comes down to for me. He's not getting a bunch of pass breakups because it feels like teams haven't really tested him that much. And I think all of the fan opinion of him kind of comes into – it's a great example on the play that gets thrown between him and Logan Wilson where it felt like everybody immediately blamed Bates. And I went back and watched it, and Andy Dalton's looking left and moves Wilson and throws it where he's supposed to be while Bates is taking the second guy that's coming. And he's in a spot where he's covering a wide receiver. You could disagree with me. Wilson's not covering a wide receiver. He's just covering nothing. And to me, Dalton throws it where Wilson should be. So I was like, it's fine. Wilson's allowed to have a flub once in a while, but you know, that wasn't on Bates, but because the fan base is so ready to pounce on the guy, they are saying, yeah. And look at that play where Bates lets up a catch. It's like, he didn't let up that catch. It was, another guy, but it's fine. I, I think Daxel's very exciting, but I think that Jesse Bates is still the best option on this team to win games from that safety position. Uh, here's my advice. I say, enjoy the ride with Jesse Bates because I know the contract stuff. A lot of people think about that and Hey, you didn't take the deal. And they kind of moved on when it comes to some of the fan base, 
like you mentioned, you get the shiny new toy with rookie and Dax Hill. Of course, he makes a great play in the game and everybody's just like, let's move on. Let's do this. Or why don't we see more of him? And I trust Lou in this situation. And Jesse Bates is fine out there. It's going to be his last year in Cincinnati. I mean, there's no other way that he's coming back. I do not believe it. And look, if he does, you can replay this tape, but I don't see that happening. I say enjoy the ride with Jesse Bates right now with this defense because I know a lot of NFL teams would like him on their roster right now. And another thing Lou talked about this week to the media was the missed tackles. It brought back so many memories of old Bengals defenses. Like, can you teach? I remember having these conversations. Can you teach how to tackle in the middle of a season? What's so hard about that? You watched the tape. Were you like, what in the world? What's going on with all the missed tackles? I think it just happens once in a while, especially when you've got Alvin Kamara's and Whoever Shaheem is, I mean, that guy made like five guys miss on his jet sweep. He had Von Bell falling down on his face. He had, um, wow. I, I think it was Apple also missed the tackle on him. It was like, oh, my, look, who is this guy? He just made everybody on the defense miss on his way to, to a touchdown. Alvin Kamara is a good guy making guys miss on these tackles. Oh, man, that one play that Taysom Hill had where Zach Carter missed a tackle in the hole, and then instead of it being a tackle for no gain, it ends up going for like 25 yards or so. It's – it, there, there were some ugly plays, and they all compounded at once. I think it's just – one of those fluctuations that can happen um, to me. That's what I think is just that can happen when you play a team with a lot of guys that can make you miss. I don't know. Did you think at all that this was a problem for the future? There were other things I thought could be a problem for the coming weeks, but this, that specifically was something, at least with the track record, I just kind of write off and go, that's just variance. No, yeah. I, it's, it, I, if it was a beginning of the season thing, and we saw a little bit of that last year because you're pretty much bringing in the same roster defensively, I would be concerned. But it wasn't. And, yeah, like you mentioned, I feel like it's just kind of a one-off game. doesn't get easier with the Falcons and then Cleveland looking ahead, definitely taking one game at a time. And that's something that they're going to have to fix when it comes to injuries. I think it's, um, you know, a little questionable about who you have on your D-line and how you're going to be able to stop it because they've been 2-1 and one without DJ Reader, but his absence – it's missed right now. Yeah, uh, that's the biggest thing. That's what I meant when I said there's other things that caused me some concern. I think that J2 Fayla came in and he honestly, to me, was the best defensive uh, interior defensive lineman of the game. I, I thought the other guys all had at least one play where they just got dominated, washed down the field, and just something you'd never want to see. They, it's, they just don't have a guy that's really good at taking on doubles. And then Tufele came in and he did a fine job at doing that. So he also still got pancaked once. And that's like, I'm talking about talking this guy up, but don't want to forget. He also wasn't perfect either. So there's the interior, just Zach Carter's a rookie. And at times he looks like it. It looks like he didn't see a double coming or it came fast on him and they're moving him. And then you look at the other guys that are playing Tupo. He's just getting older, and sometimes when they get him good, they're able to move him out of the way. And then B.J. Hill, I just – I want to see more because they paid him. And whenever – you know, he was so good last year that this year has been kind of a slow start for him, and I want to see him turn that around. Um, Tufele just – I thought he flashed a lot. He showed strength. He showed a good anchor in the run game. Just overall, I thought that Jay Tufele is kind of like – the guy that I'm looking forward to replace Reader the most because he did the best job of doing something like that. 
So you talk about as a replacement and DJ reader can come back for the Cleveland game, but I think they're going to ease him in. I don't think you throw him out there on Monday night football prime time, even though he can be activated and he's ready to go in game action. Um, I could see, I'm not sure if this will happen if it is, you know, after the by mid November, well, late November, by the time they come back, if he's, he's finally up there. And I think we'll get a feel when they hit practice tomorrow, if he's on the rehab field, how that's working for DJ reader. And it'd be awesome if he's he's back out there but if you're this team right now do you see them making a trade for some more depth there or signing someone i think that you could sign somebody because there's no depth for there right now and you just don't want to see one of these big guys get hurt and continue to hurt that depth because they're trying to play too many snaps i think if i'm trying to guess what the Bengals do i think they just band-aid it i think they make Cam Sample play some snaps inside. They maybe call up Kareem or Shelvin to play some snaps inside. Just, you know, let's just get through these next couple of weeks until DJ gets back and then we're fine. Um, but if it was me, I might look into free agent. I'm not talking like a Sue. I'm talking really cheap, just a body to throw in there and not be batting like a, like a John Stallworth that nobody knows that name, but he's on the chiefs practice squad. Thought he was fine for the Colts last year. Don't know. Or Taylor Stallworth. John Stallworth was a Steelers receiver way back. Hall of Fame. I was like Stallworth. Taylor Hold on. Stallworth. <laughs> it's so Stallworth. I got the first you. name wrong. Got the first name wrong. Yeah. That's how little we know of this guy. <laughs> he's just some <laughs> chiefs practice squatter that I think was fine when I watched him play, but Taylor Stallworth, uh, Curtis Brooks, Joe Goodberry's, uh, you know, draft crush, Maybe bring him in or something. But just to me, I just I I would feel more comfortable with one more body. But I could also see the way you make this work with the guys that you have on the roster in the practice squad because it's not a long long term thing. It's just the next couple of weeks you need to survive so that you can get Reader back and get back to a normal rotation. Yeah, I definitely could see them just band-aiding this right now and just trying to get through the next couple of weeks getting into the bye. We'll move on. I want to look at the AFC playoff picture. A lot of talk this offseason, how loaded it was and what it means for the Cincinnati Bengals on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.